Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. 34.2 million people in the U.S. played golf in 2019. And during the pandemic, that number grew since golf courses provided a fantastic opportunity for socially distanced gatherings. So in 2021, that number went from 34.2 to 37.5 million. And while all of that is great news for golfers and those at fundraise through golf events, the even better news for those of you who don't know the first thing about golf is that you don't need to know anything about the sport to start setting up a successful tournament that raises serious funds for a nonprofit or multiple nonprofits. In today's episode, I'm joined by Brian Shank, Chief Philanthropy Officer at Dormy Network, and Logan Foote, Education and Development Manager at Golf Status, to talk about how to use golf for fundraising, corporate partnerships, and CSR. Dormy Network is a national network of clubs, combining the experience of destination golf with the premier hospitality of private membership. And Golf Status is the leading event management platform for golf fundraisers. In today's episode, we'll cover what Dormy Day of Giving is and how the foundation fits in, how Dormy Network leverages golf to donate $4.8 million in gifts in kind and raise $3.2 million in cash in hand, how golf events can help nonprofits open doors to corporate partnerships, what to include in sponsorship packages, Brian and Logan's advice for setting up your first tournament, the lessons they've learned along the way, and why you don't need to know anything about golf to run a successful tournament. And with that, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Golf Status. Hi, Brian and Logan, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Allie. Hi, Allie. Welcome, welcome. All right, Brian, would you start us off by telling us a little bit about your background and then what you do at Dormy Network? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, my background is really in nonprofit work. Um, spent about the last 15 years helping different nonprofits in fundraising and management. And um, in the past two years, I had the opportunity to come over to Dormy Network to start a foundation for our golf company. Um, so my day-to-day life is really helping nonprofits uh, raise more money and being able to do so through the game of golf. So are you saying the foundation didn't exist before you came to Dormy? Was that part of what you were hired to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, Our owner uh, made contact with me kind of out of the blue, uh, asked me to sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about how to build a foundation. Um, So I I walked into a meeting thinking I was going to give some really bad advice and uh, get a free cup of coffee out of the deal. And a couple hours later, he said, you know, I, I'd really like for you to come on board and and take this over and get it started for me. Well, that cup of coffee took a turn and you're still there. So it seems to be working out. I like that. Oh, it's, it's the greatest job on the planet. I'm not going to lie to you. That's an awesome, awesome way to look at things. All right, Logan, your turn. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do at Golf Status? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm the education and development manager here at Golf Status, uh, oversee our uh, sales team that works directly with all of our uh, clients running uh, golf events, uh, obviously most of which are uh, fundraising events, uh, either put on directly by uh, a 501c3 nonprofit or uh, to benefit a nonprofit. Um, I've been with the company uh, almost five years now. um, So I've seen it grow to what it is today. And uh, it's really cool um, being able to, you know, like Brian said, use golf and technology to help these uh, nonprofits uh, drive more funds for their mission. 
Okay, and I maybe could have started here, but are you both golfers? I'm guessing yes. Uh, technically, yes, I'm a golfer. I can't say I'm any good <laughs> at the game of golf. That that wasn't part of the question. <laughs> Just full transparency. And Logan, do you golf? Uh, yes. Okay. I am a golfer since the age of four. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about other golfers. Brian, who is in the golf demographic and what makes them a great target audience for charity fundraisers? Yeah, so what we typically see from a golf demographic is it's going to be you know male-centric typically and anywhere from the ages of 18 into their 70s. Um, you know, typical golfer that you'll see out on a golf course is, you know, in that 54 to 64 year age range. And these people tend to be affluent. They, you know, have a median income of about $100,000 a year for a family household income. And they're folks that, you know, clearly love to golf. And um, from what we've experienced, have been philanthropic in, in what they want to do and, and be able to give back. Okay, so that's kind of the the individual person side of things. Logan, how can golf events help nonprofits open doors to corporate partnerships, which is one thing that our community of listeners is really interested in? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you know golf uh, gives a you know a potential corporate partner, like Brian said, you know exposure to a very uh, affluent audience, while at the same time allowing them to uh, make charitable charitable contributions that you know, a lot of those corporations will set aside year after year. Um, so you can kind of marry the two uh, together. It provides um, some really cool sponsorship exposure for that corporation, as well as uh, you know the ability to uh, you know network with others out on the golf course. Uh, golf kind of gives you a unique opportunity, not only for the nonprofit, but for the, you know, the corporate partner as well to have four or five, you know, focused hours out on the golf course where they can use that golf event to, um, you know, get more connected with the nonprofit. They could, you know, bring out a, a client uh, of theirs uh, to kind of further steward them uh, and their connection with them. Uh, and, you know, also at the end of the day, they're supporting uh, a really great cause. So uh, putting on a very, you know, fun and effective golf event uh, is definitely very appealing to a lot of uh, businesses out there looking to uh, really accomplish a variety of goals, whether that's supporting a nonprofit uh, or gaining some uh, you know valuable exposure. Okay, so we've talked about sponsorships. We've talked about that four or five hours and this networking component. Are there other? Well, Brian, I think part of the foundation work is in kind, but are there components where there's an employee matching component? How is fundraising actually done on the course? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. You know, there's multiple ways where a golf fundraiser can you know have great touch points with their participants coming through and playing in the event. Um, there can be, you know, asks that happen leading up to the event as well as day of. Um, as you mentioned, okay. uh, Dormy Network works a lot on the in-kind side of donations to a lot of these charity events. And so, you know, a silent or a live auction is, is a fantastic way to, um, you know, expose their donors to new products um, like Dormy Network as well as be able to raise, you know, large sums of money, you know, through that process. Uh, since I came on board, you know, Dory Network's been able to pledge about $4.8 million every year in in-kind product to nonprofits all over the country. And so, you know, we have in excess of 350 to 375 partners per year that have our um, items available at auction for people to bid on. Um, okay. And, you know, from that 
you know, 4.8 million of, you know, true value of what that product is, we've been able to help generate, you know, more than $3.2 million in cash in hand for our nonprofit partners. And so that, that impact is huge. And um, it's, it's a real great way, like I said, to get really cool, unique uh, opportunities in front of their donors and a really unique way to raise additional funds. Okay, so let's talk about the foundation a little bit more. You host something called Dormy Day of Giving, if I'm getting that right, across all six of your courses, I believe. That's correct. What is it? Yeah, so Dormy Day of Giving really is a way for Dormy Network to host an event uh, at each of our properties. So Dormy Network, as an entity, has uh, golf properties in Nebraska, uh, southern Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, North Carolina, Texas. We're you know, really in the Midwest and East Coast focused. And what it is for us is an opportunity for our members uh, to bring folks out. Um, it's an opportunity for the general public to come get access to our private clubs and spend, you know, about five to six hours with us on course, uh, play some incredible golf and raise money for the Dormy Network Foundation. So what we do is um, 100% of the net proceeds come into the Dormy Network Foundation. And then uh, what we do on our end is uh, grant that, those funds out uh, every year post-event uh, to okay. different nonprofits. Um, our focus really has four pillars that we take a look at. Uh, the first one being youth golf is one of our key focuses. We want to grow the game and we want to grow our membership for years to come. Um, our second focus is environmental initiatives. Our third is going to be our military and first responders. And then our fourth is kind of a catch-all between humanitarian services and healthcare. Um, so those are the groups that we look at uh, when we do our cash grants and direct grants going out. Um, and, you know, eventually what we want to do with Dormy Network Foundation is have it be large enough where multiple groups can apply uh, every year to receive funding. And um, that will be the big success measure for me is when we get to that level where we can be helping not only on the in-kind side, but helping you know hundreds of nonprofits with direct cash grants going into their organizations. So you've done a lot of good and it sounds like you're still in the building and growing phase as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Dormy Network as an entity is scaling very quickly, and uh, the foundation's trying to keep up with that pace. Uh, but again, you know, my five to 10 year plan is we're able to generate, you know, millions of dollars in cash into the hands of our nonprofit partners. Um, and so we've got a lot of work to do, but yeah, continuing to build and continuing to grow. For listeners who are not in the golf space, but maybe have a corporate foundation and want to do their first golf tournament that benefits a nonprofit, what advice would you have for them? Oh, you know, that's a great question. I think a lot of folks um, are under an assumption that they can throw a golf event together pretty quickly and get it up okay. off the ground. Um, you know, where I see a lot of successful golf events is folks that have planned out, you know, well in advance of six to you know nine months before their event's going to take place. Engaging volunteers or you know staff members to become a part of that planning process, I think, just makes the day of event go so much smoother. And um, you know, utilizing groups like Golf Status, where they can take that heavy lift of you know processing as well as providing a great platform for the end user to be able to have a really good experience uh, just makes it so much cleaner. And, um, 
just provides an easier event for everybody involved. I think, um, like I said, getting out ahead of it, um, you know, finding your, your key groups of folks that really enjoy golf and, you know, want to be able to participate, get out of the office for a little bit, engage those folks, get them, get them hyped about it and, you know, encourage them to help you out with whatever you know, projects you've got needed to make this really heavy lift take place. And I imagine there's a whole lot that goes into planning these golf events. I'm not a golfer. I played other sports growing up. Golf isn't my specialty. Logan, how is golf status involved in Dormy Day of Giving? And what do you help do? Yeah, very similar to how we work with um, the vast majority of our events is really streamlining the uh, you know, collection of registrations, sponsorships uh, of, of golfers uh, for the events. Um, so setting up those uh, custom event websites for them where they can drive uh, everyone uh, looking to get involved uh, with the tournament as well as make uh, an in-kind donation. And then uh, all of that information goes to each facility and to the staff members and they uh, can use that to make sure the event's all set up, ready to go. Um, so just uh, providing our event management uh, software that can handle all the you know specifics of the golf event uh, as well as the, the scoring of the tournament as well. And I'm curious on, because this is, we're talking about really foundation led, but Logan, you have a lot of people or businesses in your network that have used golf status in the past that are maybe, I believe, a single company that isn't necessarily a corporate foundation, but wants to host a golf event on behalf of, let's call it Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So you see both sides of that puzzle. Is that right? Yeah, we see events put on directly by the nonprofit, events put on by foundations, and sometimes it's just, you know, a passionate individual who wants to raise funds for uh, you know, a cause that they they may be connected with in, in some way, shape, or form. Okay. And so on from a corporate partnerships perspective, maybe Brian, what does some of your sponsorship packages look like? What is something or what are a couple of things that others could use as ideas in their own packages? Yeah. So, you know, we've got the unique opportunity where we can offer um, as a part of our sponsorship packages, you know, cottage stays where folks can come spend the evening prior mm-hmm. to event with us on property. Um, we we host a unique dinner the night before. Um, and typically what will happen is that night before event, we'll have a really nice sit down dinner, um, some cocktails and some really good entertainment. Um, and it's it's just a really good way to get people settled in for the tournament itself, um, set the tone, uh, start raising money before people are out at the first tee box, um, teeing off the next day. And it, it really sets up for a nice event. Okay, a cottage day sounds awesome, but not everybody has a cottage. So I'm curious, Logan, what else have you seen that go into some of these sponsorship packages that companies really like that nonprofits could utilize? Yeah, there are a lot of cool options that you can use to entice um, sponsors. One of my uh, favorite tournament organizers I work with um, has has told me, you know, if I can put a logo on it, I'm going to sell a sponsorship for it. (laughs) Um, So uh, some of the popular ones I've seen are, we do offer a flag sponsorship where uh, you can basically uh, offer the ability for a sponsor to put their logo on all the flags of the golf course. We even see some events turn around and and frame a few of them and give them back to the sponsor. Okay. Way to kind of further build that relationship with that company. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a really a, a lot of options you can use, um, you know, uh, sponsor the beverage cart, um, uh, tea marker sponsor. So I don't, on every hole you have tea markers on the tea box and that those can be custom made as a sponsor's logo. So, um, uh, there really are a lot of options. Also, I see a lot of events that will, 
include a foursome with a sponsorship package. So they're kind of, you know, killing two birds with one stone, selling a sponsorship package and a foursome at once. Okay. Um, and what is a foursome? But, but yeah, is this a golf turn that I'm not familiar with? Yes. Okay. So most of these uh, charity golf tournaments include four person teams. Got it. Um, so foursome is the, the four yes. person team. Um, so it, yeah, it's a way to get a sponsorship sold as well as get uh, people from the sponsor uh, out to the course that day. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So shifting into kind of lessons learned, which is one of my favorite topics for anybody that I talk to. Brian, what's something that you learned doing the Dormy Day of Giving one year that you changed for the subsequent year, whether it was something, maybe something that went really well that you wanted to expand upon or sometimes even better in terms of storytelling is something that didn't go very well and that you said, oh, I thought this was a great idea, but actually we're going to do it differently in the future. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, again, we're in a unique position where we've got the golf properties where these are taking mm-hmm. place. And so um, we kicked off our first Dormy Day of Giving uh, back in the summer of 2020. And um, interesting time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what we learned quickly was we thought um, our general membership would, you know, come fill our our foursomes, our teams of four, and and really take the lift for that. And we we were surprised right away that we just didn't have a lot of folks signing up. And so we did a quick pivot and opened it up to the general public to come play at our private course. Um, and that that helped with the first year, but we knew we had a lot of work ahead of us. And so um, you know, in talking with my partners at Golf Status and some other groups, we really learned that we were missing the mark by not securing corporate sponsorship um, and, you know, providing these packages like you and Logan and I are talking about right now um, to, you know, really entice corporate partners to, you know, come participate, be able to experience some really unique golf properties, um, but be able to raise money you know, from multiple nonprofit groups and and really showcase what they wanted to do. Um, and so we, we've been continuing to, to build upon that as, as we grow Dormy Day of Giving. And uh, what we've seen is a really strong reception from groups, um, you know, particularly between the $5,000 and $10,000 uh, mark for, you know, where our packages are at. Uh, we do have our, our highest Title sponsorships about twenty five thousand, and so um, you know we've got multiple asks out for that. But really, that sweet spot that we're seeing for folks is in between that five and ten k range, uh, for them to get you know the benefits associated with that package, as well as like I said, come experience a golf course where mm-hmm. they, their clients, um, may possibly vendors that they may have, um, may not have a chance to come play very often. And Logan, you've seen a lot of successful, I'm going to call them tournaments for good. That's the term I'm coining. What makes for a great tournament that raises serious funds for a nonprofit? For me, I think a lot of it boils down to just the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're able to put on uh, an event that's not only runs smoothly, but uh, people genuinely have a good time uh, while attending, I think that's really important. And that's what will keep people coming back year after year. And then uh, when you, you obviously combine that golf with uh, a cause someone is passionate about, um, that usually makes them feel good. But as, as long as the experience uh, is very positive for them at the facility from you know when they arrive uh, to the time they leave, um, I think that really stands out. And that's what helps really grow an event year after mm-hmm. year to where you're raising a really serious amount of money for, for your nonprofit. And I think a good way of, not the only way, but a good component of getting there is what Brian mentioned earlier of that kind of six to month 
six to nine month planning process and getting staff and other volunteers involved. I'm guessing that would make a big difference too. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've, you know, we see some people, you know, decide they want to do a golf event. They give themselves, you know, two to three months, which isn't impossible, but it's really difficult Mm -hmm. uh, when you only give yourself that amount of time. Uh, Organizers tell me all the time that if I, if they would have done something different, it was, I would have started earlier. Um, So that, that six to nine month window is, is a pretty good, good amount of time, but yeah, you know, plan it all out. Uh, plan everything the golfers will you know receive uh, you know vendors you'll have at the event uh, you know contests you'll run there's so many things you can do to make the event really memorable um, so it's important to sit down and think about that and make sure you know the golfer's experience is kind of in the forefront of your mind when when planning the events because um, that's really important so golf isn't just a great game to play or a tournament to host there's a lot of relationship building that happens there both kind of on the nonprofit side, but I'm guessing you have, Brian, a lot of different execs. You run some very nice golf courses, high-level people. What about golf lends itself to building relationships and how can kind of companies and nonprofits use that to connect with players in a deeper way? Yeah, and I'll, I'll connect back to what Logan was talking about earlier, where you've got a time window, you know, between four and five hours when you get to spend, mm-hmm. you know, unattached to your phone time with somebody and you know golf is one of the few sports where you can do that and you you get to learn about you know spouses kids grandkids you know interests where in a typical meeting over zoom just wouldn't have that opportunity to do that and so um i I, or if you're running along somewhere and you're out of breath yeah exactly you know um and everyone thinks golf's an individual sport, but you know, really, most of us are out there playing with someone we know or someone we're entertaining and, and having a good time together. And it's just that good opportunity to to get away from your day to day, and like I said, just spend that time really getting to know somebody on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Logan, I I think the answer is no, but for listeners who are like, well, that's all great, but you two play golf, Logan. You've played since you were four. If they haven't, do they have to know anything about golf to set up a golf tournament? What does that look like? Um, no, they do not. Um, I've worked with multiple very successful golf tournament, you know, fundraiser organizers who uh, aren't golfers, never have been, never will be. Don't know the terms um, like me. They don't. Yeah, they they know enough terms, you know, to make them dangerous. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really all you need. So, um, no, you, you absolutely don't need to. Uh, to know about golf. Um, I always encourage people to really lean on the staff at the golf facility you're utilizing and they can always uh, help you with uh, the golf specifics uh, and whatnot. Uh, I always do remind them, you know, the, you are the golf course's client. Um, mm-hmm. You are um, they're bringing your business, your charity tournament to, to them. So uh, they're always going to be very, you know, more than willing to, to help you with any golf questions you have. And for any of our clients uh, utilizing us, you know, we, we are more than happy as well to provide advice or answer questions, even uh, on things that are kind of outside of you know, what we're providing to the golf tournament. We have uh, a few PGA professionals here that have experience in, in golf operations that uh, advise uh, on you know multiple things to our clients. Um, so you know, lean on your support you have around you. Um, and if you don't know where to start, a lot of our uh, clients kind of went to their board or their committees mm. and. Ask, you know, who's a golfer? Who has golf experience? Who can kind of help me get this started? That's always a really good place to start as well. So there's plenty of support out there. You just got to go find it. Absolutely. Okay. So we are coming to the end of our time. And I always love kind of closing out with this question, which is, Brian, I'll start with you. 
What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? Yeah, you know, like I said, I have a really unique opportunity to partner with, you know, hundreds of nonprofits across the country. Um, and, you know, just one small example, and it gives me a lot of pride in the work that we're able to do, is uh, we worked with a, a small nonprofit who helps uh, school children down in Haiti. And um, they they were asking for funds to help build some sanitation blocks for these kids to be able to, you know, be able to utilize a restroom, be able to wash your hands, et cetera. And, you know, based on our contribution we made, we got pictures back from that. And the quote that was given to me was she had never seen kids so happy to be able to see a restroom. And so through the, through the game of golf, I never thought that we'd be able to have an impact, not only here in the United States, but kind of on a global scale. Um, And that's, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. It opens your eyes in a whole bunch of different ways too. Absolutely. And Logan, what about you? What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? You know, very similar. Um, for me, uh, it's kind of a dream come true finding a job like this where it combines two of my passions, um, you know, technology and golf. Uh, but seeing the impact uh, that our work has with, you know, various nonprofits. So you mentioned one of our larger partners earlier, mm-hmm. Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, I went to their their summit late last year and to hear the stories of uh, how they serve some of these uh, kids who are going through some pretty brutal sickness um, is really amazing. And that how they're using golf to raise these funds so that, you know, some of these families aren't needing to spend a dime of their own money to to heal these these children who are going through this, you know, this really terrible time uh, is really incredible. So a lot of tear-jerking moments uh, for sure. you hear some of those stories but to know that uh you know the, the work that we're doing here is, is helping drive um that mission is really really cool and where can people learn more about golf status if they'd like to do that yeah so uh, our website uh golfstatus.org um you can go on that site uh, you can fill out a form and um get in contact with us you can also visit our resource library filled with tons of free resources um, you know, templates, white papers, lessons learned, um, a lot of things that'll, that'll help you in your your golf fundraising journey. And Brian, what about you? Where can people learn more about Dormy Network if they'd like to do that? Yeah, uh, com is the place to go, or you can hit me up for really bad golf advice. Either way. <laughs> Are available. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Logan, Brian, thanks so much for joining me and to all of our listeners for joining us. And I will include those in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Logan, Brian, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Jamie Bathgate and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thanks for listening.